Now you should listen to this because this concerns you. This is about an uh, evil genius in love. Evil genius mind. It woke me up from my sleep and I don't like it. No, you're an evil genius is what you are. If this works, you're, you're some kind of a, a evil genius. Honest to God. Hello and welcome to the Evil Genius Chronicles. I am your little podcast buddy, Dave Slusher. Welcome to this show. This show is not kid safe. It is not work safe. It is not safe in any context known to man nor beast. The show is Creative Commons licensed, non-commercial attribution, 4.0, unported. Theme music is by the late great band, The Gentle Readers. They're at gentlereaders.com. The bandwidth is provided under the kind umbrella of Backbeat Media, and it is provided via Cashfly. I do not speak for my day job. I shan't speak their name, not because I'm ashamed of them, but I am protecting them and the fine upstandingness of their brand from whatever horseshit I'm about to lay on you. Even I don't know what horseshit I'm about to lay on you. All I know is there shall be horseshit. All right. Speaking of which... Go. <laughs> Let's start. This uh, came up the Evil Genius Discord. I believe it was Steve Holden suggested this song or this band. They're up on Bandcamp, and it's a band called Inu, which I guess is Japanese for dog. It's a Japanese. This is a recording that came out in '81. It's from a like punk, post-punk Japanese band from Osaka. So this is a time period, uh, and this is literally everything I know comes from the. Um, the bio stuff on this Bandcamp page. Um, and it seems like I should know about this band, but I've never heard of them and I've never heard any of this music. And uh, th- they were from Osaka, which is kind of like all the, like Osaka and Kobe, they're um, like in the, they're, they're second class citizens behind Tokyo. Like Tokyo, you know, it's, it's, you know, they're the flyover states of Japan, apparently. And so they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, which, you know, a chip on your shoulder doesn't hurt when you're doing punk stuff. And so they were proudly Osakan, and uh, they let it rip. And so um, from the album Don't Eat Food, and like I said, this is a 40-some-year-old album that is being re-released on Bandcamp. It's actually in pre-release, but this is one of the songs you can get right now. Uh, I'm going to play for you the song Gonna Crack. And I'm going to tell you, this sounds like what I was playing on WREK between 1987 and 2003, right? This sounds like something you would hear on WRK, and I've never heard this before. So here you go. This is Inu.
That was Inu from the album Don't Eat Food with the song Gonna Crack. I really, really liked that. And like I say, you know, it, it does not sound out of place. Like on W-R-E-K, uh, you know, in between Gang of Four and Can and something like that. You know, it just uh, it just kind of makes sense. I don't know. I've got that book, uh, The Rip It Up and Start Again by somebody, Simon Somebody. Which is, I think, all about punk into post-punk, and uh, I know, like Rollins has listed it as an essential book. I've had it for years. <laughs> I've never actually cracked the book. Oh, one of these days, I shall read it. But I, I want to know if I read that book, is it going to talk about? Uh, it seems like post-punk music. One of the things, one of the characteristics of it is the bass is really upfront. Like in that song, bass is super prominent. You know, and you got you know bands like The Police and. And, uh, you know, bands like that where the, the bass is kind of more upfront in the mix and kind of more upfront melodically. Like there were a lot of a lot of police songs where the melody might be carried by the bass and then the guitar was more like a rhythm instrument, you know, kind of uh, inverting their typical roles and, you know, interesting stuff. That's more interesting in general than the police is to me. As much as, uh, you know, like a couple, I don't know, it might even be 15 years ago, whenever the police had that reunion tour. And most of my friends were like insane to go. And it's like, truth be told, 
I don't actually like that many police songs. Like, by the time you get to Synchronicity, they had fallen off a cliff. Like, I fucking hate the Synchronicity album and most of those songs. I don't ever want to hear uh, Wrapped Around Your Finger or King of Pain uh, again in my life. I don't want to hear... I hate those songs. I don't want to hear those songs. Um, and really and truly, like, the first album is, like, every song that I really care about, even by the time you got to, you know, do 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 and Don't Stand So Close to Me, I was already waning (laughs) you know walking on the moon is like not even is already on the downhill side to me uh you know next to you is really to me the height of the police and it was just it just never got better from there all right so let's talk about the big news the big big news in my life i've uh between the last oh let me just note here before i get into any actual topic that as is traditional for the Evil Genius Chronicles podcast for many, many decades now of its lifetime. I forgot my goddamn anniversary <laughs> yet again for the I don't know how many th- time, but uh, yet again, I forgot my own damn anniversary. And it was when I was posting the previous show and I realized and I posted it, whatever, August 18th or 19th. Uh, you know, I recorded it a few days ahead of that and then I posted it that day and then I thought, is this day my anniversary? I think it might be the 20th. I think August 20th probably is my anniversary every single year. If I want to commemorate it, I have to go look the damn thing up because I don't remember the actual date at any point in time ever. But it's around then. And it what did not occur to me until I was posting the show, I said, oh, I didn't even acknowledge or mention or in any way <laughs> uh, make reference to the fact that, oh, my 19th anniversary is like the within plus or minus two days of when I post a show. So God, dog it. Once again, once again. So anyway, 19 years at this. This is how good it gets after 19 years of practice. Oh my God. Is there ever been a more depressing statement? All right. In life, there has been some big news. So I was talking a little about electric car stuff. And you know what? We just bought the bullet and bought one of the damn things. There were extenuating circumstances. Uh, my wife was in a fender bender that was really a quarter panel bender. Um, and that car, the auto, the body shop ain't setting any land speed records here. That, um, that accident was like mid-July. And... Um, it's mid September <laughs> and I went by and complained or not complained, but, uh, I went by on Tuesday to ask about the car and they said, eh, probably not this week, probably sometime next week. I was like, good Lord, pals, it's been two months at this point, but the insurance company was paying for a rental car. And then at some point they said, we're not paying anymore. And, uh, we had been kind of kicking around the notion of buying this car. And so if you're going to buy a car, what seems dumb is for the insurance company to stop paying for the rental car, and then we pay for a rental car out of our own pocket for two, three weeks, and then we buy a car immediately after that. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, that extra money, it just evaporates. We could just buy this car and then have two cars. Uh, you know, the ultimate plan is to have three cars and one that's, you know, a spare car. Um, we're not, I'm not getting rid of the Outback. I'm just keeping it. And so we said, let's do that. So I looked around and roughly concomitant, concurrent with this, uh, coterminous, what other, and now what other synonyms for at the same time are there? Um, I listened to the batteries included podcast and they had mentioned that the Audi e-tron market 
was uh, surprisingly soft and that you were getting great deals and that you could buy like a 2019 for like in the low 30s. So I start looking at Audi e-trons. My friend, the EV enthusiast who I mentioned uh, last time, he has an Audi e-tron. He has a 2021 Audi e-tron. Uh, and he, b- before the electric cars, he's been driving, I think, nothing but Audis for the last 25 years. He's an Audi enthusiast. I, um, and Adam Rittenauer thinks I'm crazy in the Evil Genius Chronicles Discord for not wanting a Tesla, but I just don't want a Tesla. I just don't want to participate in the Tesla thing or any musky, anything that has the musk on it. I don't want the musk on me. <laughs> and even if they're technically superior, I just don't want it. I don't want to be a part of it, you know? I'm not spending this kind of money to feel like a douche. <laughs> you know, I'd like to feel, I'd like to hold my head up high about what I'm doing. And like, I just don't want to be a part of that. So the second choice, you know, in many um, circles is uh, if you're not going to get the, uh, if you're not going to get a Tesla, get an Audi. Now I had that reservation on that Volvo, but really the more I thought about it, the more I thought, wow, do I want the very first EV model that rolls off the Volvo lines? And it was going to be, you know, like a, a, a gr- good, a, like aggressively low price. And everything about it looks good. But, you know, think back to the days when, uh, you know, MP3 players were proliferating, right? And you could you could get your iPod Touch and it was, you know, $120. Or, or maybe an iPod Touch was like $200. Or you could get your cheap Chinese uh, MP3 player at Walmart and it was $25. And then you, and you look at the specs and it's got a great processor and it's got all the stuff. And then you try to use the fucking thing. And there's no way to make a playlist, and it's weird to put it on. The only thing you can do is play them in alphabetical order, uh, you know, and there's no, like, there's nothing you can do. And I've found that over and over again. It's like, people say, you should buy this because uh, of the price and the look at the specs and blah, blah, blah. Specs, all that shit does not matter. Uh, just like when somebody at work was saying how Pipewire is uh, superior to Pulse Audio. It's like... Yeah, up until the point where you try to use the goddamn thing, and then it's not usable. So it doesn't, like, whatever technical superiority exists is meaningless if you can't actually use the thing to do the thing that the thing's for. So, uh, you know, all that aside, uh, I, it's like, uh, do I trust Volvo to roll off the the assembly line? And if I got the, let's say I reserved real early and I got the 2,000th, car that rolled off the line. Do I trust that to be uh, as trouble-free as I want from this purchase? And it's like, actually, I don't. <laughs> so the other, the other reason for not buying... So I could have got... There were 2019 e-trons um, that were in the 30s. I could have got one of those. But also, 2019 is when it rolled off the line for the Audi. And I thought, you know what? I'd rather buy... two Two years back is like my sweet spot. I bought my 2014 Outback in 2016. I typically like to look at like two years behind is where it's modern enough to be reasonable. And then a lot of the depreciation curve has gone. Like what I bought um, this car for, it was about 60% of what it listed for two years ago. So that 40% disappeared for somebody, but not for me. <laughs> and so we, we, so the closest Audi dealer is Wilmington, North Carolina. It's about 90 miles away. We drive up there on a Saturday and they had two 2021 e-trons. They were within, they were both the same model year. The, uh, the specs looked so close that I printed 
out both data sheets, and then I held them to put them together and held them up to the light just to line them up to see is there anything different about these? And like, I could see them basically overlay perfectly. I'm like, so on paper, these are identical, but the one of them was like three thousand dollars cheaper, and it had maybe 5,000 fewer miles. It was like one had 16. The one I bought had in the 16s, and this one had like 10 or 11. I thought, boy, that's, why is this one so much cheaper when that's really the only difference? So I was looking for any feature that explained this. Then we go and we look. And so, and the, and the color. This one was like dark gray, and then the other one was white. The more expensive one was white. And we looked at it, and it was just like a little dirt. It was dirtier. It just didn't feel... You just got that vibe, like this has not been as well cared for. And we looked at the other one and it looked beautifully cared for and it was white. And when you are in a place that's hotter more than it's colder, it gets cold here, but it mostly gets hot here. Uh, and you get a lot of baking sunlight. A white car is not a terrible idea. And so then we drove, I forget, we drove the other one. We're, we're working on the ground so they drive basically the same because that's the one they had the keys for. So we drove that one and I drove it and I like it. And my wife drove it and I liked it. I will tell you the first thing about this is that like just backing out of the space and like getting it off the lot, I had to like what I would be used to doing, the response I expect from the movement of my foot in a Subaru Outback uh, is very different from what I get in an Audi e-tron. So I would push what I thought would be a reasonable amount and <laughs> like everybody's neck snaps back. So first thing off, it's like, don't push as hard as you think you're, you're, uh, you need to, um, you have to like, there, and there's lots of, um, dials you can turn on this. There's lots of adjustments you can make. You can make the thing. You have like six different modes that you can make it. And I had to put it into linear to make it act more like the gas car. Because the like the mode that it was in just took took off so hard that I was like, can we tone this down a little bit? Because I I just can't get used to this. And uh, because the thing uh, just has so much acceleration. This is uh, so anyway. I will get to that that part, the actual uh, life with it. But so at this point, we're at the dealership. We look at them both, and we decide let's get them. Surprisingly. I'm a cheapskate, and I am not, I am a piker compared to my cheapskate uh, spouse. And she is the one who said, if we're going to buy one of these things, buy the more expensive, nicer one. Let's not suffer with the dirtier, obviously, like a little skengier car. Let's spend a couple grand and get a beautiful car that looks, that we expect better from. It's like, fair enough. Okay. If you're down, I'm down. Let's buy it. So we go in and we buy it. Oh my God, it's the paperwork. This is, and bearing in mind, so we ended up financing it. We don't have to. I could have. I actually had done the M1 thing to borrow money, and I had enough money I could have paid cash, other than the fact that it took too long to transfer from thing to thing. So I had an M1 transfer in place for the amount of money that I could have. I, it hadn't even gone into my M1 account, much less transfer from my M1 to the dealership. So I was like, oh, let's just do your financing. Well, it turns out the rate on their financing is surprisingly good. It's like 4.9%, which, you know, is like two two and a half points under prime right now or something like that. It's, you know, it's an aggressively good uh, financing rate. It's like, well, screw it. Let's just, we'll just hang on with this one. 
and we do all the stuff and you got to call the insurance and, you know, there's phone calls and, you know, paperwork and signing stuff. And he's filling out the credit application. We're doing this, we're doing that. And, we're, and um, bearing in mind that we had uh, got a neighbor to take grandpa for dialysis, but he's got to get picked up at five. And it's, you know, a, a, at least a 90 mile, it's between a 90 and 110 minute drive to get back to him. So it starts to get to be, and we got there at noon, something like that, maybe 1230. So, uh, you know, the process is going. Um, the the kid and the wife went across the street and had a lunch, and then they finished, and she had to take the car and just, like, the outback and go. So at this point, we're really committed, because if I don't actually complete this purchase, I'm in Wilmington. I'm, I guess I live here now. I can't get out of here. <laughs> you know, so we do all the stuff, It's and at some point... The, the kid was um, remarkably patient, you know, like sitting there with a phone and a Switch, a Nintendo Switch, just kind of killing time. Even that, at some point, wore thin. Finally got down to the end point. We're doing all the stuff. Um, the dude offers us Audi swag. So we each get a T-shirt. Kid and I each get a T-shirt. We each get an Audi hat. He offered us a coffee mug, and I declined because we have so many more coffee mugs than we even have cabinet space for. It's like... Kind of offer, but I don't even want to deal with the mug. In retrospect, I should have taken the Audi mouse pad. I could have used that. So we got like Audi crap, you know, and we're like Audi'd up. And the kid loves that Audi hat, walks around in the Audi hat basically every day now. And uh, um, and then we drive home. And driving home in this thing was like a dream. Usually about 10 years uh, passes between cars. And I'm buying a couple years old. So there's there's all this leapfrogging uh of technologies. Like it is highly common that I have my daily driver car. And then if I travel and I rent a car and I rent whatever, a Toyota Yaris or some, whatever cheap piece of shit you get from the rental car place, it will have all these features. My car doesn't have right. <laughs> that Outback is the first car I ever had with a, a door opening fob where you, and open lock and unlock the doors. I never had that up until that car. That was the first one. In 2016, it was the first time I could open my door with a radio lock. Uh, you know, and just stuff like this. First car I ever had with Bluetooth. So now you get this 2021, you know, that's seven years more advanced than my daily driver car. And it's got Android Auto. It's got adaptive cruise control. It's got all the, it's got the shit that's like brand new to me. It's got lane assist and all these uh, various things. And oh, am I loving it. Like, uh, so when I take Highway 17 from Wilmington back you know, to my house, there's about a 60-mile stretch where you just get on 17 South, you know, just outside of Wilmington, and then you go almost all the way to Myrtle Beach. And uh, it's a is it a 60-mile-an-hour road or 65. It's one of those two. And what I did, uh, as I put the cruise control for, I don't know, six or seven miles over the speed limit, and then I just went. And if I got... Anywhere, if somebody slow got in front of me, I matched their pace. It's got a nice little knob where you can control the distance. Like, how close are you going to be to them? Uh, and I dialed that into where I liked that. And then I just drove. And I drove about 60 miles without touching a pedal. <laughs> it was amazing. And I was like, oh, my God, this is worth every fucking penny. This is like, none of this is even the electric part of it. This is just the, this is just like the modern car part of it you know, uh, this feature set. And so then we got the electric part of it. Here's, um, where it started getting interesting <laughs> because, um, I told you I'm buying it in Wilmington. I live in Conway, so it's 90 miles away. They were uh, quick charging it 
you know, once once we started the process, they put it on the quick charger. When I got in the thing, I think it had about a hundred and uh, I'm going to give you some numbers. I don't know if they're absolutely correct. All I remember is the final number. So if the math don't add up, don't worry. The final number is what counts. Let's say I had a hundred and seventy five miles of range. So I drive home. Well, there's 90 miles and I get home and now I got like 85 miles. Uh, and then I went and did some errands. And then the next day we go to, um, I take the kid to a thing at the beach. So we drove like 35 to 40 miles on that. By the time when we did all the stuff we were doing, and I also did not, that first night I didn't charge and I, I didn't appreciate the slow speed of wall charging. So that very first night, I, uh, you know, I just let it sit there, which I was big, big mistake. I should have just plugged in and got whatever I could from that, that first night. So we go to the the beach and we get back and now I've got like 37 miles (laughs) and I've got to take the kid to school and the school is 16 miles away. And the house, by the way, if, if you do the symmetry of this is 16 miles back, I've got 37 miles of range and 32 miles to drive. Like, holy shit. So I plug it on the car charger and it's charging at 800 watts, 8.8 kilowatts, which means that every hour that is on the charger adds two miles of range. Two miles of range. So I plug the thing when we get back, which is at 6 p.m., 7 p.m. So I'm doing the math. I'm at 12, so that's going to be about 25 miles of range. Blah, blah. So I do all the stuff. I drive to school and it is kind of butt clenching. So I get to the school and I've got like 25 miles of range as I drop the kid off. Luckily for me, this is the only part that saves my bacon here. There's a Tanger outlet mall, which is in a similar part of town as to where the kid's school is. And it's about four or five miles from the school. And they have free car chargers that charge at not fast charge. So not like 150 kilowatts, but they charge at seven kilowatts, which is roughly 10 times faster than I'm getting from my wall. So I go there. When I pull into that thing, I have 17 miles of range. The car has 7% of its charge left. Like, Jesus, this is not, this was not the plan. This is way too tight. But I pull in, this is uh, Monday. This is a Monday, the Monday before Labor Day. And so I pull in, I plug in, uh, and I'm able to charge and it works fine. If it didn't, like if the chargers, like say all four chargers were broken, I am hosed. I'm, I don't know what I do at that point, but I guess panic. Um, but it did work. I basically spent the entire day at this outlet mall. I had a meeting with my boss at this outlet mall. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was just nuts. And, uh, so then at some point I realized, you know, I, I got coffee, I hung out in a coffee shop, um, then it got close to lunch and I ate at a highway 55, uh, cheesesteak place. And, uh, then I drove back to the school and I decided there's no point in driving home and back because that's for one thing, that's going to take 30 miles off of my charge, which I'm trying to get up to a safe level. I just hung out all day until it was time to go back to the school. And then from that point forward, you know, I had, I don't know, 120 miles. And so uh, from there on, it's never been a crisis. It's been low at points, but it's never been a crisis. But that first, that first trip, I was like, oh shit, I did not appreciate the physics of this. (laughs) I did not appreciate how slow, slow charging. It is slow. I'm going to pause right there. I take a sip. Hmm. This is today's coffee at 140 degrees. Oh, my Lord. 
could we be living in a more utopic uh, moment than having today's coffee at the right temperature? Mm. A lot of America sucks, but this cup of coffee does not. Friends, I'm going to tell you about something I like, and that is Factor Meals. <sighs> the family loves a good meal kit. We, we think they're fun, but it's back to school time. My wife has gone back to school. Nobody has any time to do anything. It is crisis time in my household. And you know what we don't want? We don't want to spend a lot of time chopping. We just want a meal. And that's where Factor Meals comes in. They sent us a box, and it was full of what looks like ordinary TV dinners. And we cooked them up. They were delicious. Two, I, I ate I, at least a bite of every single meal. They were all delicious. They went fast because everyone enjoyed them. What more can you want? They were, they, they make this meal. Somebody lovingly makes this meal and then they throw it in a box with dry ice and send it to you. And you get it so, it's never frozen. It's just in there cool. You heat it up, you eat it. It's delicious. It does not seem like it's going to be delicious. It seems like it's going to taste like every sort of cardboardy thing you've ever had from the freezer section at your local grocery store, but it's not. It tastes delicious. I could not believe it. We got the vegan option, but there are meat options. There are all kinds of things. Oh my Lord. It made our back to school time so much better having the option for the factor meals. That's not counting the smoothies, which really filled in when the time was crunching. So everything about this, it tasted good. It was super convenient. It is great. Factor meals made our back to school time easier. It made our lives better. What more can you want from any product in this life of ours? My friends, factor meals. So here's what I'm telling you to do. Go to factormeals.com slash EGC50. Use code EGC50 to get 50% off. That makes sense, right? That's code EGC50 at factormeals.com slash EGC50 to get 50% off. There are a lot of 50s in that. That 50 is your money. So don't, don't forget, 50 is money. So I said it 20 times. That's saving you half your money. So I really highly suggest it. I love the Factor Meals. I loved eating them. I loved how uh, simple they were. Uh, they can pay me to talk about it. They can't pay me to love the product. I loved this product. I think it is great and uh, it helps out. So there you go. Factormeals.com slash EGC50. Thank you for Factor Meals for sponsoring this program and all the great Backbeat Media shows. Thank you. One more sip. Oh, of this. Mm. Mm. Before I return to the electric car stuff, remember me, if you remember a few shows ago when I first got this Ion mug and some of the reviews said how they died after, you know, weeks. <coughs> I strongly believe that's because people fill this thing while it's sitting on the charger mug. It's a little bit on the lower tech side of this. There's not like a wireless charging. There are two prongs that stick up and they hit two different metal bands on the bottom of this cup. That's what charges the little battery of the heating cup. I am of a firm belief that the people whose uh, things died, they filled their cup while it was sitting on that charger, liquid got down there, shorted it out and fried it. I have been tempted to do that more than once, caught myself, moved the cup off the charger to put liquid in it and then moved it back. I think that's probably probably what happened to the people whose 
ones had a short life. I've already been past, you know, like what the people were complaining about. People had a short life, had it in like two, you know, it died in like two to three weeks. I think they killed it. I don't, I don't think it died. I think it was murder. Murder. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so I got myself home the first time through, and here's where, because it was a, it wasn't a, you know, a spur of the moment, spontaneous purchase in the fact that we've been talking about it. We've been planning about it. I had put down $500 on a different EV. So it was on the radar that we were going to get one of these at some point, but that we got it that weekend was uh, a little bit of an acceleration of timetable, right? It was, uh, you know, nothing, if nothing else, we were going to get the Volvo when it came out, but, and it was on the table to get something sooner then uh, it was basically we had about maybe 36 hours notice that we were actually going to go shop for it that Saturday. So it was pretty late in the game. And one of the things I had not done is researched. I had researched in general charging infrastructure. But then we get down to the specifics of like, where can I charge when in my area at times? <laughs> and so um, I have that 240 volt plug in my garage. It's the three pin. So I have in my life had to, you know, change the three and four pin uh, as we go back and forth between older and newer houses. I've had to like change on my dryer out to three pin plugs and four pin plugs over and over again, many times. Like the old house in downtown Conway was absolutely a three pin plug. And then I had to change it to four pin to go to the new house, you know, all that stuff. So we have this three pin plug. I didn't know what uh, the amperage was on it. And, um, so I had an electrician come out. Yeah, this actually just happened yesterday. Had him look at it, and he said, "Well, this is only, you know, this is twenty amps, so it's not going to give you a lot of, you know, to, to be safe. You charge it like a max of fifteen, which is, you know, not, it's pretty, like half the speed of what I'm getting anywhere else. So gave me a quote. I'm forgetting, like putting in a fifty amp circuit, you know, and a dedicated plug in my garage. I will do that. But like in the interim, so at this point, I've had this car." 10 days, something like that. So I've kind of been on this rhythm of, uh, you know, I take the kid to school. Um, if when I'm at home, I, I'm never not charging. Like it's plugged into my house, getting that two miles an hour. If I can, like over Labor Day weekend, there was like a 48 hour period where I didn't take that car anywhere. Cause I didn't have to go anywhere. So I added like a hundred miles to it. Um, you know, that's good. But like to, if you were at close to zero to charge it up, it would take 80 hours of charging. Over 80, it might be 100 hours of charging to get it to 80, per, even not to 100%, to 80%. So too slow. But our um, our library, this little town's library has two uh, EV chargers in it. And there's a parking lot downtown, like just a, a public free parking downtown. You know, the park here while you shop or you eat type parking that also has two chargers. They're both the, like the Siemens. They're, they're, they're free. They're the Siemens brand chargers. They're probably the same one, both provided by the city. In both cases, one of the two things is broken. <laughs> so there's two chargers, one works. At the library, two chargers, one works downtown. I've charged on both of those at some point. The kid wanted to go eat downtown, so we charged for an hour. You know, like the whole time we were having dinner, we charged. By the way, I had my first, that was, they call this getting iced. So ice internal combustion engine where you have a, a charger, but you can't get to the charger because there's a gas car sitting in the fucking spot where you need to be to charge it. I had that. And I, I just dragged, 
<laughs> I not quite over their car, but I dragged it to my car. It would reach. And I went basically around a car. And uh, I kind of felt like leaving the cord on their car just to, you know, point out something to them. They could have parked. There were like three spots and they parked in the one that took up the EV spot. They could have parked in one of the non. I mean, I don't know what was open when they got there, but don't park in the EV spot if there's any alternative. It's like using the handicapped shitter. Don't when the uh, non-handicapped shitter is a. Fr- I will use a handicapped one if there's no other free toilet. But I don't start there. I end there. Don't start there with your parking your you know Hummer in the EV spot. It's like, dude. So we did that, you know. But so now uh, what I uh, frequently do is I will take the kid to school. On the way home, I will st- I'll, I'll take my work computer with me. On the way home, I'll stop at the library and then I will charge for the morning and then go do something else. If I have to take Grampy to dialysis, you know, I get about three hours of charging, you know, that adds 60 ish because it's a seven kilowatt charger that adds about 60 miles. And then, uh, you know, then I charge at home the rest of the time. So I'm getting about 90 miles of charging a day. Um, which is typically more than I drive on a weekday, but I might be, I might be trying to make up for a deficit over the weekend. So, um, it, it works, but the, this morning actually was the first day I pulled up to the library and I was going to that spot as a Tesla pulled into that spot. <laughs> and I could tell this dude had never been to this particular charger. I guess he has the adapter for one thing, cause he's not got the Tesla, um, connector on it. And uh, he pulls into the left spot and goes to use the left charger. And as soon as he, I saw him pull the left charger out of the, the machine, out of the little holster, I said, this cat's never been here because he doesn't know that one doesn't work. <laughs> so I watched and he put it in and looked flummoxed and then uh, went and got the other one and plugged it in. I was like, Ugh. I was kind of hoping he would give up in disgust, but no, he tried the other one. It worked. So I couldn't charge this morning. Um, I... I'm unclear if I'm going to go back this afternoon or if maybe I just don't charge today and I do it tomorrow. I don't know. We'll figure it out. It's not a crisis today. It's no longer a crisis. And once I get that plug in my garage, it's never going to be a crisis again because um, with the uh, going to put a 50 amp circuit, I should be get 40 usable amps at 240. So that's almost 10 kilowatts. So with that, I should be able in the you know, if I come home with 80 miles on the car, I should be able to charge to 80%, which is what I'm going to do unless I'm going on a trip. I should be able to charge to 80% in like four or five hours. So I should never really have to charge overnight unless I'm just doing it to get it, you know, uh, uh, you know, not at peak electricity time, like the hottest part of the day. Maybe I want to charge at night in the summer. But in general, the rhythm, the rhythm is nice. I like having the car. I love how it drives. It is, it is, I, I don't understand why there aren't more like car gearhead types who uh, drive these cars just because they're fun to drive. And just because when you put the pedal to the metal, it's so, it's different. So instead of your, you know, your car winding up to 8,000 RPMs and feeling, you know, shaking and feeling like it's going to fall apart. If you put the pedal to the metal, all you do is just accelerate. It's just, you hear a little hum, it goes, it's quiet and it just goes. So this says, you know, I live off of a highway and particularly on school mornings, there's a, uh, there's a elementary school about a mile and a half to our right. And there's a highway. I live basically off of one highway that connects to another, a minor highway that connects to a major highway. And, you know, when we leave for our middle school to get there at eight twenty, um, 
the people are dropping off at the elementary school to get, you know, elementary school, you have to be there by 730. So there's uh, typically a lot of cars. And when you're pulling out from the minor highway to the major highway, you know, you're pulling into whatever traffic's on there. And so you got to, if a car is coming, you got to wait till that. And you got to wait until there's enough of a safe margin for you to pull out in front of them and get to speed before they get to you. That margin is different between my 2014 Subaru Outback and my 2021 e-tron. They can be a lot closer. And I pull out in front of them and I have zero doubt that I can get up to 60 miles an hour in like four seconds. So they don't have to be uh, that far away. It's like, I, if I need to, I pull out in front of them and just, I tell the kid, hang on, here we go. Boo. And I just blast that fucker. <laughs> and that is a really nice feeling. And I don't, I have not been in a situation, you know, where I had somebody, you know, revving their, uh, you know, revving their Corvette next to me. I don't, I have no doubt. I don't know that I have the stomach to drive as fast as it would take, but I have no doubt I could probably match that Corvette. It probably doesn't accelerate. If it accelerates faster than me, it ain't way faster. And this is just an ordinary SUV EV. If you have a performance EV, it's going to, you know, you're going to need to like put some kind of harness on your head so you don't give your, so you don't break your neck, you know, <sighs> but I'm enjoying it. Now here's the, the thing is I mentioned not having really much of a plan for myself. I do absolutely have to think about this so much more than uh, I ever have in my life, right? There's plenty of, there's ample gas stations anywhere I ever go. So I've, other than say when I was driving from Denver to my old hometown and I forgot how few gas stations there were and I uh, got it really close. <laughs> That's about the last time I've, ha- I've had a real close call uh, with gasoline because they're just so prevalent. The, uh, that's not the case with your electric vehicle. And so, for example, in a couple of weeks, there's a, uh, a one-day comic convention in Florence, South Carolina. It's about 60 miles from my house to where the thing's happening. If I have the thing regularly charged, you know, anywhere near 80%, I can easily make it to Florence, make it back with enough plenty safe margin for us to go to lunch at the Cajun restaurant somewhere in between. So there's 120 miles there and back and, you know, another 15 or 20 to get to the Cajun restaurant and back. Okay, we can do that. We were talking about taking uh, another kid, this friend the kid has made who uh, has stayed over a couple. uh, We stayed with them over Labor Day weekend, um, that kid stayed with us like towards the end of the summer uh, before Labor Day. You know, so we like this kid. That our, our that kid's uh, mom likes our kid. You know, everybody. We're good. We're becoming this like pod of two families with these kids that hang out together. That kid lives in Little River, so Little River is not close to here. So it's basically thirty miles out of the way to go to Little River. And we were talking about taking this kid with us to the Comic-Con. Well, if I drove to that child's house and then to Florence and then reverse the process, well, it's now it's not a 120-mile drive. It's a 240-mile drive. So I drive 30 miles out of the way and then 90 miles to Florence and then do the whole thing again. I can't drive 240 miles without charging. So now I've got all this stuff like, how do I, where am I going to charge in the middle? I'm like, okay, there's a Hilton Garden Inn right next to the convention center, but I don't know if I can charge there if I'm not a guest. Can I charge there? I could try to charge there, and if I can't, then i got to do something else. And then there's a Walmart that's nearby 
um, that has a 150 kilowatt fast charger. So theoretically, in like half an hour, I should be able to get pl- you know most of a charge, most of a full charge. Well, that's one of the advantages of the Audis is that they um, they the, they don't have the fastest top speed because there are ones that charge it, like Teslas that charge at 350 kilowatts, but the Audi holds that 150 for almost the entire time. And some of the other ones, like the battery gets hot and it cranks down until it cools off. And apparently the Audis have good thermal management. Like you can hear a pump when you're charging. You can hear every so often this pump. It's like pumping coolant around the batteries to like even out the the temperature. And uh, so I was like, well, I can go there. And then like I looked to see at this Walmart. And I was like, at the time I looked, which is like the middle of the morning on a Tuesday, like every one of the chargers was full. I was like, what if I go to that Walmart? And all the chargers are full. We got to like sit in a Walmart parking lot till I can charge. So I have to think so much more than I had to. And then I'm thinking, do I just want to take the gas car <laughs> to not have to think about it? It's like, but I really want the Audi. It's so much nicer to drive the Audi, particularly on the highway with the adaptive cruise control and all the stuff. So I don't want to not drive the Audi. But now I have to th- plan so much more. <laughs> I was like, oh, Jesus. And I think we might solve it by just having the kids stay over either before or after so that I don't have to do all that driving in one uh, lump. But it's just, I, I, at this point, it's early enough in America, in my EV journey, in America's EV journey, the market forces, it, it, if anything, what I'm doing, what I feel like I'm doing, is like I'm adding one car to the market force, bringing chargers to places. Like, uh, in a, somewhere in the fall, I'm going to a picnic at Myrtle Beach State Park. Well, they have chargers there now. So like when I go to the state park, I can charge and I'm going to charge because I want to be part of, even if I don't need that much of a charge, if it's not that crucial, I want that charger to get the use to prove that the charger needs to be there. So maybe even they add more spots. Like I want to use the chargers out in the world because I want the chargers out in the world to get use because I want there to be those and more. And I want them, I want them to fix the ones. Like if the ones at the library is always full, I'd like them to fix the other one. That would be a fantastic thing to do. And the one downtown, I'd like it to be the other one to be fixed so that two cars can charge at the same time. All this stuff. But for the time being, for this like transition period, you know, the EV drivers are the ones and particularly like the Tesla drivers have a little easier time of it, I think, because they can use the chargers I'm using plus the Tesla chargers. And it's not symmetric. Maybe Audi will go the way of adopting the Tesla connector and then uh, give an adapter and um, then, you know, then we can charge it Tesla chargers, which makes it easier. Not easy, but easier. Maybe that happens. Maybe that doesn't happen. We, we, we shall see. But I will tell you, boy, I am just deliriously, <laughs> I'm deliriously happy driving this thing. Even with the butt clenching moments of... <laughs> fear over whether I actually have enough charge to get to the place, um, which is thankfully rare. Uh, hopefully I have very few of those in my, uh, in my long illustrious career driving this car, but it does also make me realize how much of my life now is battery charging. So I've got a car that I've always in the, you know, at least until I get the fast charger at my house, I'm always thinking about how, when, and how much charge I have in my car, but I've got these stupid echo frame glasses that I always have to keep uh, charged up. I actually have one of my two pairs is at the optician getting new lenses right now. So I'm down to one pair and, uh, you know, it runs out of battery. It's actually the older pair with the lower battery. Um, and those echo frames I think are 
um, discontinued. I think this is like the Fire Phone. It's a Amazon product that came, and then uh, the experiment did not succeed, and it didn't become an ongoing product, which bums me out because I want more. Um, but then I also got my Samsung watch. You know, I got my phone. I got to keep my phone charged. And my watch has got to be charged. But I've got all this shit in my life that I'm constantly in a state of, what? what's the charge of all this stuff? And, and it's just kind of ridiculous. And my kids got to switch. And my kids got a phone. And my wife's got a phone. It's all about what are we charging when and how much charge do we have? <laughs> it's just kind of ridiculous. At least the Audi has, the Audi has USB-C ports in the front and back. And also, um, like the one I bought, I guess was a little tricked out. It has some of the nicer options. It's got the wireless phone charger console. So like the place where you drop your, with the cup holder and all this stuff has a wireless she charger in there. So I can drop my phone in there and it'll charge, which is nice. I ended up buying a different case. I like the billfold style cases to kind of close on your uh, phone, partly because um, if you drop it, you've got like leather or pleather or fake leather between the glass and the ground. Um, but I bought like the kind of like the same case, you know, the Otterbox style case. I bought the same kind of case as everybody else because the one that I had was a little too thick to fit into the Audi. And I was putting it in and out of that little case every time I got it in and out. And I just, it was a drag. So I got like the standard rubberized case that goes around it, but doesn't have a cover on it. It's like, I don't know. I've, I've had this thing for less than 24 hours. And it's like, I liked the other one. Um, so we shall see. But anyway, it's all about charging. <laughs> everything, everything in my life is some sort of uh, chargeable battery, including I'm looking at putting, uh, we've got the fountain that used to be in the front and I'm like doing the math of, can I put a solar panel and uh, a 12 volt pump that runs this, fountain pump because the front walk has a power outlet for the fountain. The side yard has no power outlet and I'm not running an extension card across the yard just to uh, run this fountain. Like what if I put one 25 watt solar panel? (laughs) We have a 12 volt battery, a pair of 12 volt batteries that I took out of the kid's scooter when they didn't hold enough charge to run the scooter long enough. I think they probably hold plenty of charge to run a four watt fountain pump for significant time periods. So now I'm like sitting down and diagramming. I was like, all right, solar panel and charge controller. And then these 12 volt battery packs out of the scooter. And then I can put the pump on here. It's like, I'm not an electrical engineer. I kind of wish I was now because uh, that would make some of the shit easier. But anyway, uh, I have done so much more voltage, amperage, wattage math in the last 10 days than I have ever since I graduated with my undergraduate degree in 1990. So there you go. That's my adventures in electricity. And now, let's do this. And now it's time for something we call the reading of the patrons. The following people went to bit.ly, bit.ly slash EGC Patreon, and they pledged to support to keep the shambling mess shambling. Thank you to the following people. Derek Coward, Adam Rittenauer, Ken Kennedy, Paul Fisher, R. Hooley, Robert Harvey, Paul Smith, Andrew Heron, Grant Bachoco, Tony Ewing, Craig Stepp, Paul Reynolds, Shannon Nelson, Charlotte Kennedy, Leah, the Enigmagic Angela Lee, Chuck Tomasi, Stuart Maxwell, Michael Butler, Bruce Lerner, Skeeter Murphy, Robert Gibson, Lynn Edgerly, Melissa A. Bartell, Andrew Howe, Michael Street, Neil Forker, Dyko, Brian Springer, Rob Usden, John Gehring, Wayne Pittenger, Brian Jones, Joe Pollock, 
Jeff Dangle, J.P. Shippard, Steve Holden, Brian Hogan, and Matt Beckwith. Thank you, one and all, for supporting The Shambling Mess. And now, let us kill the music. All right, pals, thank you for listening. I appreciate the time in your ear holes. I appreciate uh, being up close and personal with your head, with your noggin. It just always sounds dirty when I talk about this part. If you want to see any of the links to stuff I talked about, EvilGeniusChronicles.org. It'll be up there. You can find me on Mastodon. I'm pretty easy to find. Just search on my name. You'll you'll probably find me, or you won't. Whatever. You can also subscribe to my blog. If you subscribe to Dave at EvilGeniusChronicles.org in your Mastodon client or any Fediverse client, you'll be able to subscribe to that WordPress. It's fantastic. It actually works. If you want to reach me, you can also email me at that same address, Dave at EvilGeniusChronicles.org. It's a it's a miracle of interconnected horseshit. <laughs> it's, it's all horseshit, but it's all interconnected. So I guess there is that. Thank you for listening. I will catch you again next time. Please go out and be safe and have a good time and enjoy yourself and keep your things charged. Keep it charged. All right. Thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. I said goodbye. When that's over, if we're still alive, I'll clean my own fucking mess up. Thank you.